Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. On this episode, you know, a lot has happened since the last episode on Thursday last week. We have indictments. We have a terrorist attack. Uh, tax reform is was in, unveiled today. And so we're going to talk a little bit about all those. And also we're going to speak with Texas Representative Jeff Leach. All this on this episode of Trench Act. to one more episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, whether we're on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. Almost forgot. <laughs> and if you want to read some of my articles on Politichicks, just go to politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. Now, I said, like, one more episode of Trend Chat, like... <laughs> This is the last one or something. I don't even know why I said it that way, but but no, it's it's not. Um, I guess it's the last one for this week. But yeah, it's um, it just another great top notch episode of Trend Chat coming up. 
like I said, we're going to talk with Texas Representative Tex, um, Jeff Leach. And just going to, like I said, we're just going to touch on everything that's kind of been going on. And because there's been a lot since <laughs> I noticed when, um, when we did the episode on last Thursday, I was like, by the time this Thursday come around, because obviously we didn't do a show on Tuesday, and I was like, "This going a lot is going on." And then knowing that tax reform is going to be unveiled today, and I was like, "Wow!" But it's not like I'm going to go on a long rant <laughs> about it. I said it, kind of thinking I might, but I guess I just go on the thing I know I'm not going to talk much about because it's still ongoing which is those indictments um, due to the uh, Mueller investigation. And so you had Paul Manafort and um, I forgot his name, last name Gates. But there was two people who indicted in, on Monday. And t- it didn't turn to find out that what they are indicting um, Manafort on is things that were years before joining the Trump campaign. Now, if you don't know, Paul Manafort was the uh, the Trump campaign advisor. And so, yeah, the charges, I guess, that he's been um, brought up on is is for things that was in, I think, 2014. And like I said, this is an ongoing investigation. Actually, there's another... uh, Another person that was um that, that was brought up on Monday as well that actually didn't get as much attention, but probably is more important or could be more damaging to the president is this um, Papalopoulos. Papalopoulos. I tr- I was thinking to myself, I thought, I'm not going to try to say his name, but I said, no, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it here and let y'all hear me butcher his name. <laughs> Yeah, and so he was a worker with the campaign as well, and and good old Pop. I'm just gonna call him Pop, <laughs> and and Pop went on saying that he can get a, a meeting with the Russians, and and saying that you know trying to see if he can I guess curry favor with the campaign if he can swing that. So now that's that is also ongoing as well, and I won't be surprised this investigation goes on for another year or two. I won't be surprised, but on the other hand, maybe not because, like I was mentioning about Manafort, there are some Democrat ties in here as well, and even with that, it, like even the dossier business and having Hillary Clinton. And the Democrats, you know, sending money to this fusion GPS uh, and like they're connected in all of this. So and on one hand, this might go on for a long time. Then on the other hand, maybe not because they keep uncovering more things about in this investigation that start pointing towards some liberals or some Democrats <laughs> After so long, you might start hearing, you know what, this whole inve- collusion investigation, you know what, it's, it's not really as as big of a deal as we said it was. I think we'll 
I think we're just going to back off and um, let President Trump just do his job. We'll just we'll we'll just try again in 2020 because <laughs> you start getting more of these Democrats and liberals out here and and start showing, you know, what they've been doing in connection um, with with all of this and start uncovering their dealings. Yeah. This investigation might end next, next week <laughs> if it keeps going too far. Because, I mean, it's not like they're going to, if they keep uncovering people on their side. And when I say their side, I'm talking about the media as well, because the media is definitely not talking about those Democrat connections. And if they are, they're underreporting it. They just want to highlight everything about Trump or about the Trump campaign or whatnot. And so I, I'm seeing that they may just um maybe just back off on this whole thing because they getting too many skeletons out of the closet on the democrat side so they might just like uh you know what let's just um let's ease off of this whole collusion thing right now <laughs> but um <laughs> i like i said i can definitely see that happening because it's not like they're going to want to sacrifice themselves just to get Trump impeached or whatever they're trying to get, you know, whatever it is to happen to President Trump. If it start getting too hot for them and start, you know, uncovering some, um, some shady deals with the those liberals, they'd be like, eh, well, the question then becomes, are you going to sacrifice yourself for the chance? Because it's not a certainty. For the chance that you go down in flames and Donald Trump goes along with you. That's the question that someone would <laughs> would have if they're if you have a liberal, you know, like a powerful liberal or Democrat something, you know, even like a you know, Hillary Clinton, they just go with her. If something was damaging to her, would you risk just sacrificing yourself for that chance. I mean, how much do you really hate President Trump? <laughs> like, do you hate him so much that you sacrifice yourself? I mean, some liberals will say, "Hey, you ought to do it for the greater good, there, soldier." <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can see, hey, you know, do it for your country. And, and I'm pretty sure they'll probably turn around like, no, <laughs> that that's all right. Let's um, let's just go back off this whole investigation. We'll, we'll find something else. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, that was just a thought. I was thinking about it as far as this, all this investigation. Who knows? By next week, you might hear, like, you know what? Case is closed. <laughs> um, now, so with those indictments, now you had um, later on uh, this week, and then you had another, you could basically say a terrorist attack because um, in what we found out so far about the guy who, drove this Home Depot truck in the New York City um, and uh, basically was a terrorist attack. And what we're finding out now that like one thing in particular, he said that he wants, uh, he will, he wanted a ISIS flag in his ho uh, hospital room. So, okay. So yeah, yeah, we can just go and call it a terrorist attack. And just to show, just like clockwork, these same liberals and Democrats I'm talking about come around, you know, with the instant reply, just the instant defense. 
this is one man. Don't try to lump all Muslims with this one man just because of his, you know, horrendous action. And that is such hypocrisy because back when the Las Vegas shooter, when that happened, that, that was all gun owners. That one man represented all gun owners, according to liberals. Now, all of a sudden, but this one, <laughs> this one guy, he doesn't represent all Muslims. You know, here's how about we just stop doing that across the board? Can we can we just stop doing that? <laughs> can we quit trying to lump everybody in a group because of one person's actions? And I'm saying that as far as even for Muslims or even for like on the other side, as far as if um like what happened in Las Vegas or anybody. Let's just stop doing it all together. Can, can we do that at least? I mean, I know I'm talking to me, you know, to myself here, but just saying, can we just stop that whole double standard that we basically, um, basically have accepted on one side or the other? So, but yeah, so now he's in the hospital and, you know, going through you're going to have his trial and all that. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be more after, you know, in the, in the next month or years, actually, about this, um, about this guy. Now, before I get to talking about tax reform, I was going to just go straight into that. But I'm like, oh, you know what? Let's hold off for a second. Let's hear from my friends with the Founder Project. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's Civics Education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our Educational Meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Well, hey, tax reform was unveiled today. The well, the, the GOP plan for tax reform. And hey, I don't know if how many of you have seen whether it's the whole bill or if you read some articles or even watched the press conference with President Trump talking about it um, earlier today. But hey, I want to. I want to say like, yay, okay. I mean, obviously we have to go through the process, the legislative process, and going through the House and Senate, and you know all that. And it's I, I can't say I, I don't like the plan. I do like the plan. Um, definitely, I can see some improvements that could be made. One being, you know, taking away the Obamacare tax penalty in there. Um, that should be in there. And, um, I mean, as far as just taxes in general, (laughs) you know, we can, you know, like kind of going into the taxation itself and and all that, but, (laughs) but this is a good step in the right direction. Put it that way. Uh, one thing I did notice is that, you know, they're going to create. They want to create four brackets. So 12, 25, 35, and 39.6. 
I am. I did that off the top of my head, man. Uh, and I might be wrong, so double check that. <clears throat> but one thing I did notice is that the last one did not change. The 39.6, that's for the, you know, top 1%. I guess top 1%, but it's the top bracket. It's 39.6%. And that didn't go down at all. Now, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a, most people are going to hear that and, and not going to care. <laughs> They're like, well, we don't care about the rich. I'm not rich, so why should I care about them not getting a tax break? Hey, I'm not rich either. I'm not in that tax bracket. Nowhere near it. But I still would like people to keep more of their money, regardless if you're poor or rich. And so that's why I was saying like, well, it seemed like one bracket didn't did not get a tax cut. So that's just, you know, how I feel about it. I feel like people, everybody should get a tax cut. I don't care who you are, as I just mentioned. The thing, the thing about um, all of this is that I'm pretty skeptical in what's going to happen. I mean, we just got off of this whole Obamacare debacle that didn't go anywhere. So why would I be so confident that this is going to go well? I know President Trump mentioned in his press conference today that this would be passed by Christmas. I mean, that was kind of the same rhetoric as far as talking about getting uh, Obamacare repealed. So, you know, call me skeptical that I'm just not like, oh, yes, this is going to happen because Congress has not shown, I mean, haven't given anyone any confidence that anything will get done. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a wait and see. And even with what's on this bill now, which, I, like I said, I, I like what's in the bill. But now this got to go through the committees and get basically negotiated through Congress. And I'm not confident that they're going to water down what's, what's presented today. I, don't, I, I feel that it will be, there's a, there's a better chance that this will be watered down than strengthened. You know, then the plan to you know made better by kind of like what I mentioned about the Obamacare penalties being um, being in the plan and be, you know taking taking out those taxes and you know maybe some more cuts. You know, like the you know the corporate rate according to the plan they wanted to bring it down to twenty percent, and I won't be surprised that things get worse with this plan as opposed to getting better. <laughs> So I'm pessimistic and I feel like I should be pessimistic given what has been going on the past year. Why would I feel like, oh yeah, Congress got this. Yeah. Republicans going to, you know, do the right thing. They're going to do what they said they're going to do. Well, they haven't been doing it um, for the, for the most part. I mean, I can't say that across the board, but they, they definitely failed on some big ticket issues like Obamacare and well, immigration as far as you know what to do with illegal immigration and dealing with whatever they're going to do with the wall even though prototypes are getting built and all of that 
guess we'll see where we're going to go. I guess that's going to be next year now. I guess the whole focus this year is going to be on this tax reform deal. And, and yeah. So I guess to kind of transition a little bit when talking about Congress, because this week we also had, uh, well, I guess other congressmen announcing that they're not seeking re-election. You had Jeff Henselin out of Texas saying that, um, he announced that he's not going to seek re-election next year. So, you know, this is going to, I don't, I'm not a historian. I mean, I hate to break it to y'all. I know y'all's probably like, man, this guy's, he's, you know, he's a history geek. No, I'm, I'm not. I am not a historian. I am a truck driver talking to a microphone right now. But next year seems like it's going to be pretty interesting as far as how many people are not running for re-election. And the primary season next year, it seems like it's going to be like just full across the country <laughs> and not even nationwide. And kind of like what I'm, what I mentioned in our interview with Rep, um, representative Jeff Leach. I mean, statewide as well. I mean, here in Texas, then we have you know, Texas house speaker, not um, Texas house speaker, Joe Strauss, not um, seeking re-election and, and others like Byron Cook as well. And, you know, it seems like this is like going across nationwide, statewide, and these primaries are going to be <laughs> going to be something to watch next year. So, so in saying that, let's get to our interview with Representative Jeff Leach. And but before that, we're going to hear another word from my friends with the Founder Project. And right after that, we'll we'll play our interview with. Texas Representative Jeff Leach. Hello to fans of Trend Chat and Brian Bledsoe. The Founding Project, an education nonprofit dedicated to civics, invites you to visit our brand new website. Visit us at thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hello, welcome to Trend Chat, and it seems like 2018 is going to be a pretty interesting year, especially among the Republican primary, with members not seeking to be reelected, even nationwide, but also statewide as well, because Texas House Speaker Joe Strauss has uh, announced a little over a week ago that he's not going to seek re-election, and just wanted to get some thoughts from people in the House, and just glad that we have... Representative Jeff Leach with us. How you doing? I'm great. How you doing today? All right. And I guess first question is now that we know that Speaker Strauss will not be returning, just wanted to ask you, what do you think of the speaker's race so far and what are you looking for in a speaker? Well, as you know, uh, Speaker Strauss has just finished um, serving his fifth term, fifth consecutive term as speaker and has announced he's not running for re-election. And and look, I think this gives Republicans, certainly conservatives, a great opportunity in the Texas House to uh, select a leader that will um, ensure that the voice of the people of Texas and that the priorities that we've all campaigned on, the promises that we've made to uh, the people that have supported us across this state, 
um, that those priorities are uh, get their time of day on the floor of the Texas House. My main concern with Speaker, Speaker Strauss and his leadership team over the past few sessions has been um, their inclination to kill conservative priorities, whether it's property tax reform or school choice or certain pro-life measures or the Texas Privacy Act and many others, to kill those before they get due consideration on the floor of the Texas House. So I think it's a great day. Now, it's it's like halftime in a football game. We're, we're winning so far. We've um, achieved a, a change in House leadership, but we've got to make sure now that we select the right person. And I'm committed to, to working to do just that in advance of next session. Now, so far, we only have two to have announced. Uh, are you looking just as those two or waiting for others to announce? I imagine by the time it's all said and done, by January of 2019, there will be several, maybe an upwards of 10 um, representatives that announce and run for speaker. And, you know, I look forward to sitting down with each one of them and hearing their ideas, their vision for the House. My my, uh, my goal and, and my um, priority is to ensure that, that the speaker, really it's a servant leadership position. The speaker is elected to serve all 149 members of the House to ensure that they can represent their districts, do their job, that he puts the, the right people with the right skill sets and talents and experience in the right spots in, in the House. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, our, the main priority of the Speaker should be to ensure not that his agenda is rammed through, um, but that the voice of the people of Texas is heard loud and, floor, and clear on the floor of the Texas House. And so whatever candidate runs or ultimately wins, I hope that that will be the uh, that it will be loud and clear to the, the people of Texas in January that we're committed to doing just that. There was a retreat a little over a month ago. Were there any, I guess, inclination that he may not be returning? You know, I've, I've never, I've learned in this business that in politics that, um, you know, you never predict, never prognosticate, uh, never believe in uh, rumors or innuendo or hints or gossip but just to keep your head down and to do your job and representing your district. Certainly I heard chatter that he was, was not going to return for a while, but he had said publicly that he was going to return. And look, I, I think he did the right thing and in, in going back to his district, spending time with his constituents and his family. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly thankful for his service, but I look forward to electing a, a more conservative, uh, conservative speaker. Well, I heard you mention as far as how I guess conservative legislation being stifled, you know, not being able to even get to the floor. Now, you were a member of the Economic and Business Development Committee. Now, was there anything in that committee that that kind of was an example of what you what you were mentioning? Not necessarily on that committee, although we, we did have some really strong um, anti-union legislation that we considered in our committee that we actually voted out of committee, and then it died in the calendars committee before it reached the floor of the Texas House. So that was a concern, um, but if, if you look across the broad spectrum of, of all of the committees, the legislation that was considered, we had substantial property tax reforms, the pro-life bills, of course, the Texas Privacy Act, school choice, all of these bills that are not just supported by a thin majority of Republicans, but a wide majority of Republican voters support these pieces of legislation and these issues, and we have 95 Republicans in the Texas House, and most, if not all, of the Republican representatives I know in the House campaigned on these issues and committed to the people that they would fight for these issues, and yet we had we had a struggle getting them to the floor, uh, largely because of House leadership and because of the mismanagement of the calendar. So we've got to do better, and a large piece of that is who we select as our leader and our leadership to guide us next session.
that was kind of something that just came to the top of my head. I was just kind of wondering. Now, as far as the the committee in general, I mean, how would you rate as far as what was or wasn't accomplished um, during the uh, regular session? Well, special as well. I would give the uh, the Senate an A plus, and I'd give the House a, a C minus. Um, if you're asking me to give grades, maybe even a D for the House. I mean, look, we we um, the, if you if you compare the Senate and the House. Let's look specifically at the special session. And there were 20 items that the governor put on the call. Many of those items, school choice legislation for special needs children, uh, the Texas Privacy Act, pro-life legislation, legislation that would cut down on state and local government spending, legislation that would substantially cut and reform property taxes. All of that legislation was passed out of the Senate within a matter of days. Most of that legislation did not even ever uh, reach the House floor for consideration. So if we're grading on in terms of uh, where conservative priorities um, were heard loud and clear and got a vote in the light of day, the Senate gets an A plus and we might get a failing grade in the Texas House. Yeah, there definitely was a frustration to, to see that happening, uh, you know, even just watching from afar. So I, I'm guessing being on the floor, that could be very frustrating as well. But, right. Now, you're the policy director for the Texas Freedom Caucus, which I am a fan of. I definitely appreciate what, everything that the Texas Freedom Caucus is doing. And I just want to ask you, have um, have you all discussed any, I guess, policies for to focus on for next session? Well, it was an honor to be a part of the, the Freedom Caucus this session. We haven't yet um, um, started discussing uh, as a group our priorities for next session. Of course, we're all back home in our districts, meeting with our constituents, listening to feedback from within our districts, you know, listening to those that agreed with what we did and those that disagreed and making sure that we do um, as effective a job as we can at representing our respective districts and fighting for conservative legislation. We will early next year in 2018 start to plan for the next session. One thing we have been working on as with other Republican members outside of the Freedom Caucus is a process um, by which we uh, select our speaker candidate within the Republican caucus. You know, in past sessions, one of the reasons that Speaker Strauss was able to hold on to power so long and how he initially got elected was with um, strong Democrat support. And um, what we're going to try to do in advance of next session is, no matter how many Republican candidates we have running for speaker, is all agree within our caucus, 95 members or however many we have, 90 to 100, that we will all agree to um, – select our Republican nominee for speaker within our caucus and then unite and all support that person on the floor of the Texas House. And the Freedom Caucus, you know, as well as with other conservative Republicans, has been on the forefront of establishing a process to do that. And in fact, we're meeting in Austin on December 1st to consider bylaw changes to our caucus to do just that. And so I look forward to, to that meeting. Well, that would be a welcome change if that happened. But, well, there's a strong majority of Republican um, uh, leaders and grassroots leaders and voters from across this state want us to do that. It's been in the Republican platform for a long time. I think somewhat, somewhere around 90%, 90, maybe 95% of Republican voters um, want us to do that. And for some of, for some reason, we haven't been able to over the past few sessions, but we are committed to a broad spectrum of Republicans, conservatives, uh, moderates, and look, even some liberal Republicans are saying, look, we need to select our um, speaker candidate in our caucus to have that fight if you will, um, among our in our family, and then to unite as Republicans on the floor of the Texas House around one person. I think that's the goal for January 2019. You know, some of this came to mind. I just want want to ask you, when it comes to the speaker, 
how would you feel about the speaker as far as upholding the platform? Well, look, I think the um, every Republican member, whether you're the speaker or the chair of state affairs or whether you're the dog catcher or the, you know, the guy who rides the bench and um, the sideline for much of session, wherever you, whatever you are, you should be committed to Republican principles. You certainly should be committed to the principles and the priorities and the promises upon which you campaigned on. You know, one of the big problems with politics today, uh, Republicans and Democrats, is that we've got elected leaders who are not keeping their promises to the people that, that sent them to, whether it's Austin or Washington, D.C., or to our local school boards and, and city councils and commissioners' courts. Our job is to do what we said we would do when we ran for office. And I'm convinced that when Joe Strauss ran for office and a number of other Republican members that we campaigned on lowering taxes, keeping government small, protecting individual uh, freedoms, um, safeguarding our fundamental constitutional rights, fighting for the sanctity of life. That's what our voters expect us to do. And if we go to Austin and we don't do those things, then our voters ought to hold us accountable. And obviously, you know, being a House rep every two years, you have to to run again. And so for you, how how's everything with the campaign as far as, you know, whether it's a primary or general? Well, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the feedback we've been getting from our district. Um, I represent a very conservative district, a district that's growing. The business community is strong here. Our, it's a great place to, to live and work and play in, in District 67. And I feel like I've done a, a, um, a good job representing their district, I, representing my district. I'll tell you this, going back to my last point, the answer to your last question, I can come home with confidence from Austin and look my voters in the eye and say that I kept my promises, that I did what I said I was going to do, that I rolled up my sleeves and went to fight for them and their families. It doesn't mean we have to agree on every single issue, the minutiae of every single piece of legislation. But I can, with confidence, come back home and, and say that I kept my word. And because of that, you know, we don't have a Republican primary opponent at this point. We're encouraged um, by the feedback we've been getting. And the, the liberal Democrats are out to get me. And when the liberal Democrats are out to get you and take you down, that means you're doing something right. Well, how can everyone um, get in touch with you as far as if they want to help out with your campaign and, uh, you know, how they can reach you on social media and everywhere else? <laughs> Well, sure. You, you can go to my uh, website at jeffleach.com. That's J-E-F-F-L-E-A-C-H.com. You can go to my Facebook page, just Jeff Leach. Uh, my Twitter handle is Leach for Texas. Um, and uh, it, look, if, if any of your listeners live in my district, I always encourage you to reach out to me. I have a 100% meeting policy whether you live in my district or not. So if anyone ever wants to chat or, or meet up or talk about policies or issues or, or questions, I'm, I'm an open book and I have an open door. And so it's an honor to serve the people of Texas, the people of District 67. And it's great talking to you today. And I uh, look forward to, to working to not just protect what we've built here in Texas as Republicans and as conservatives, but to build upon it and to strengthen it and to grow it. And it's, it's good people like you and your listeners who are helping us do just that. Well, thanks. And, you know, and thank you, Representative Leach, for, for joining us. And I just want to say, you know, even if whether you agree or disagree, at least the fact that you know, like you said, that you can go back and and say that, hey, I did what I was said I was going to do, whether you disagree or not. You know, at the very least, you, at least you know the person is honest enough to say, okay, I'm this is what I'm going to do, and you did it, and and you can at least have a clean conscience in in doing that. So I appreciate everything That's you're exactly doing. Right. Yeah, I appreciate everything you're doing, and I and, you know definitely appreciate what the Texas Freedom Caucus is doing and all that. And again, just thanks thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you. God bless and uh, have a great day. 
happen. Thanks to Representative Leach for joining us. And you know, I was just I guess I'm kind of just reiterating what I just said in that interview, but if someone said that what they're going to do and they actually did it, I mean, even if you don't agree with their policies or even if you don't agree with how they implement those policies uh, when they get in Congress, um, someone like like Bernie Sanders. I totally disagree with Bernie Sanders pretty much on everything probably. Um, but the fact that he he would at least admit what he's what he wants to do that he wants to raise your taxes that he wants to you know take from the rich and all that at least he's saying that and then he went out and he's going out and doing it you know it's not like he's saying one thing and doing another as far as policy goes i'm saying so and even with someone that i agree with you know that's that's a great thing to have a clear conscience as opposed to clean conscience as I mentioned in the interview. But um yeah, that's that is refreshing to have someone to to do that. Cause if you have someone that you disagree with, like, well I disagree with everything he said, but at least I know at least he said what he was going to do and and, you know, he or she did it. So anyway just basically repeated the same point just i just wanted to say it again but um <laughs> uh thank you thanks to everyone that has have been listening and you know what one day <laughs> i've been thinking about this one day we're gonna bring our producer of trend chat we're gonna bring the producer in and we're gonna basically have a little interview with the producer of trend chat i don't know when it's gonna happen it might be next week could be could be a month could be next year who knows i mean he's very busy so you know if i if i get a chance to get him on i mean he's busy producing the show and getting the guests and all that so it's when when i can get the time maybe you know a couple of minutes we might do an interview so y'all can hear about the behind the scenes of trench chat <laughs> uh, yeah that could like i said don't know when it's gonna happen but it's just something that we've thought of as a team between me and the producer. So again, thank you for everyone that's been listening. Like I said, we're on Google play, iTunes, Apple podcasts, if you, uh, as they call it now, or, and iHeartRadio. And if you want to connect with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, trend chat, 24 seven, all the same. And yeah, thanks for joining us. And until next week, we will chat with you later.
Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.